now. Welcome back to another episode of the NYC Godcast. <laughs> you know, I started out as a joke, and now I can't stop. <laughs> <laughs> the best ones do. Welcome to another episode of the NYC Godcast. Good job. That was, was beautiful. That was pretty Scholar good. Scholar Billy, vote of approval. That was very good. A plus. I thought it was Jamie there first. Oh, <laughs> that's not a mistake. I want you to make it good. Uh, so we're so excited to kick off a brand new series today. Uh, one that I think is probably going to turn some heads and ears and whatever else it is that you turn. Uh, so I have a loaded question to start us off with. Uh-huh. Um, I already know your answer, so mm. we'll start with you. Okay. Have you ever had a pet die? I was told that my pet died, but they lied to me. They sold it. <laughs> That's cold. Yeah. Like, I, I feel was like you do the opposite. Like, it died, and you'd be like, oh, no, we sold it. Like, you're right. Like, you just. Be an easier thing. Yeah. I'm sure I've had pets die, but, like, not. Like, I've never seen them. They were taken away before I seen them, I guess. I don't know. What about you? Lots of them. <laughs> so so share the hamster story. So I had, they're called teddy bear hamsters, and they're just, they're cute and little, and it, it slept between my windows, and I had, like, canvassy mm-hmm. curtains and I woke up and like a good chunk of the curtain was missing and the hamster was kind of missing too and <laughs> it wasn't a hamster anymore. <laughs> it was an open face sandwich. <laughs> it's fine. Oh, you made me hug. Oh. <laughs> Who knew death was so funny? Oh, it wasn't the hamster anymore. <laughs> Open face sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Not about the hamster. <laughs> you love that hamster. Was that all the story? That was it. The oh, hamster okay. was no more. Well, what do you want to add to that? <laughs> <laughs> That's a story. Even better than I remembered. So I want you guys to imagine, you know, it's sad when we lose a loved one mm-hmm. or something we care about, even if it's, you know, a little furry friend. Yes. But imagine for a minute that uh, you have this beautiful, one-of-a-kind, hilarious you know, personality-filled hamster mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that tragic was <laughs> that tragically doesn't make it. Uh, and so, you know, you're heartbroken, of course. Your home just sounds so empty from the lack of the squeaking wheel. You know, from the nonstop little furry guy. <laughs> and so, knowing how distraught you are, imagine that your mom walks in with this giant smile on her face, with her hands behind her back. And she walks over to your tear-covered face and tells you to close your eyes. And upon being told to open them back up, you see there in your mom's hands, therein lies the world's most adorable puppy dog with a giant red bow in its hair. Is it girl? (laughs) I don't care. And this little guy's (laughs) wagging his tail and he's licking all over your face. And it's really hard to tell who's more excited to see you. You or the dog, right? Mm -hmm. Just this great moment. Oh, your heart's about to bust. And yet imagine while you're playing with this little furry friend, right? Mm -hmm. Your mom walks over to the hamster cage uh, and she opens the door and she removes the carcass of the hamster that had been. And out of the corner of your eye, right? You're playing with the puppy dog. Mm -hmm. You look over in the corner of your eye and you see what your mom is doing. And so with frantic urgency, you run, you throw the puppy across the room. You run over and you tackle your mother and you... Rip the hamster's body out of her hands. Did this happen to you? No one is ever going to watch this podcast (laughs) ever again. So you then look straight into your mother's face and you say, just because it's dead doesn't mean I'm done with it. (laughs) 
been really excited to say that line, haven't you? I forgot all about it. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty great line. Okay, be honest. That was a bit uncomfortable. It was. It was a lot of highs and lows. And just, <laughs> that, no, I said it. The content. That was saying, oh, like, okay, happy moments. Look at that, you're making fun of my voice. <laughs> <laughs> this is a totally ludicrous sort of made-up story. Sort of. <laughs> um, and it was a bit uncomfortable. Would you agree? I would say, yeah. That the scale of, the poor puppy. That's the part that made you uncomfortable. <laughs> so the reason that it's so awkward is because we have a basic understanding that we have no use for dead things. Mm-hmm. Overall, that In is general, a basic yeah. human understanding. We grasp the concept that when someone where something has died, its life is gone, and therefore it no longer actively present has application for your life, right? It's not really something Mm -hmm. valuable anymore. And so it's for this reason that, you know, when a loved one passes away, as much as it hurts, we hold a funeral or a graveside service. And the reason we do that is to commemorate their life, right? We remember their past presence in our lives, and then we continue to learn how to grieve and how to move on without them beside us, right? And so it would be totally inconceivable to keep, to talk to, to spend time with someone who has died. That would be a little weird. That would be even more disturbing than the hamster story. Mm-hmm, it's fine. Uh, so with all of that in mind, mm-hmm. let's talk about Jesus. <laughs> this is good. This is good. So this is what Paul says in Galatians one or in Galatians six fourteen. This really is our theme verse for this month uh, mm-hmm. for our, our our new series. So this is what Paul says. But God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. Paul says that because of his sole affection for Jesus, this world has become crucified to him. Mm-hmm. It's dead to him. What was once attractive, what once had a draw, what once allured Paul's life in the world was now a goner. It was dead. It croaked. Toast. Game over. Right? The world no longer existed. The world was an open-faced sandwich, if you will. Yes. Uh, And so to Paul, the world had been crucified. Why? Because of the work of Christ on the cross. The world, the word world here. Ooh, that's. Mm. Word word. Will be difficult. (laughs) The word world here. Isn't speaking of planet Earth, right? Mm-hmm. We're not. He's not saying Earth is dead to me. Yeah. He's instead saying that all that takes place around him, the entire world and its ways, mm-hmm. have died to him. Mm-hmm. And so, all of that takes place in the here and now. All that's not spiritual, all that goes on around him, all of that, all of this is no longer applicable to Paul's life. There's no longer a fellowship, an interaction yep. with Paul in his life. Does this make sense? Mm-hmm. So the question to be asked from this verse is this, how did this happen? How did the world, how did this, all that happens around Paul, how did that die? How could a man live in the world and yet this world and its shiny things, all of its ways, all of its systems, how could they be dead to Paul? Paul says, this is a result of the cross of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. by whom the world is crucified. So. This is just my mind, but mm-hmm. this should get our attention, should it not? Because that same cross that saved Paul through Jesus is also responsible for saving us. Yep. And so if that was the response on Paul's life, shouldn't it be the same response on our lives? Mm-hmm. So we could conclude that the same effect it took on Paul's life should also be taken in ours. The world should become crucified in our lives just like it was crucified in Paul's life. Yep. Because of Jesus... 
a true Christian can say, the world is dead to me. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Nothing. Would you put a sugar cube instead of a coffee? <laughs> what would you do it? Just looking that up a bit. That was rough. <laughs> <laughs> Bring back the carcasses. Okay. <clears throat> so... Just like the uncomfortable hamster story, mm, yes. Uh, yes. most believers refuse to let go of the world, right? So this hamster's dead, but you still want to hold on to it. You yep. want to keep it. Mm-hmm. Most Christians around us, they refuse to let go of the world. Yep. Even though because of the cross of Christ, the world is dead to us. It yep. is a goner. It no longer exists. And yet we keep it hanging around. We tackle our mommies when she tries to take it away. Mm-hmm. Metaphorically, of course. <laughs> right? We try to keep it around. <laughs> And, you know, we cling to this life, we cling to this world, we cling to its ways, we indulge, we celebrate, we worry about what's Mm going to take place in this world. And this is the place, the very place that Paul says Jesus has made dead in our lives. This world and its systems and its ways is dead to us as a believer. And I think that's the thing that you don't... So, obviously, you had a lot of joy in the hamster, okay? You loved your hamster, you loved to play with your hamster, You you wanted to do all the things with them. But as soon as they're dead, you don't have that anymore. You don't have the joy with them. You don't get to have fun with them anymore. So I think that's what people don't understand. Is like when you're a Christian, these things, while you can still do things, tech, you have the choice technically to um, maintain the things in the world. You're not going to receive the fulfillment from them. Right. And so and that's why a lot of people... Um, Actually, a lot of like even with like our teens and different things, they talk about like they feel like they are not like fulfilled, that they don't have purpose. It's because the things that you're laying yourself in don't have purpose and that you can only get that because everything is dead to you. And so you can only get that from Jesus. Uh, The Bible says that there's joy in sin for a season. Yes. There is fun with a hamster while it's alive. Mm -hmm. Once it's dead, that fun is gone. And so what does that mean? The world, when you belong to the world, when the world has life, when it is the, the place of life, as you're mm-hmm. saying, there's joy there. There's yep. enjoyment in sinning. There's enjoyment yep. in living for yourself. There's enjoyment in worldly activities. Mm-hmm. And yet, when you become a Christian, that world dies. Yeah. And so when that world is dead, that is no longer your place of fulfillment. That's yep. no longer your place you of life. You also look that's, ridiculous. You really do mm-hmm. playing with a dead yeah. hamster attack <laughs> well, like your if, mommy. Like that's uh, a, Let's say Rachel died. Goodbye. Don't eat the curtains, please. (laughs) But like if Rachel dies and everyone knows that Rachel has died in my life, like she's no longer there, but I'm dragging her everywhere. It's going to be uncomfortable for (laughs) all of us. This is my friend Rachel. (laughs) She doesn't talk much. Like, do you know what I mean? Like you look ridiculous and everyone around you can see that this is a dead weight, that this is not helping you. This is not progressing you. This is not doing anything good in your life. Yet you're like, I need to have this. This is my, this is my thing. I have to have it, but it's not furthering your and what's it doing? It's making your life stink. Yes, it does. <laughs> doing. I'm sorry, Rachel, you stink. Dude, but do we see, like, that's metaphorical. This is just an odd podcast. <laughs> this is metaphorical, but there's so much truth in that. And there are so many Christians living this. Mm-hmm. Why is my life just not fulfilled? Why is my life just feel like it's not making sense? Why, you know, am I getting what I want? Am I living for myself, but I'm still miserable? Because you're carrying around the dead weight of the world. What has died to you yep. in Christ? Jesus is now your satisfaction. Jesus is now your joy, your contentment. Jesus is now your extracurricular. Jesus is now everything. He is your life, not the world, but you're carrying around that dead weight. So many Christians are living that Mm -hmm. exact thing. Yep. Are you going to contribute (laughs) anything? You're you're hypothetically, you're back alive. Now do you have anything to say? Just (laughs) hypothetically. 
Okay, fine. She's fine. <laughs> you didn't even check. I shared my hamster story. I thought that was my input this week. <laughs> For reals? For reals. Oh. <laughs> so, you know, I, I this is just something that I just I just see all around us in Christianity, all around us in our church and all the churches we know, all the Christians we know. We all just cling to the world. Mm-hmm. And yet, we tell ourselves we're not worldly. Yep. Do you know the definition of worldly? Mm-hmm. Clinging to the world. Mm-hmm. Being mm-hmm. occupied by the world, being focused on the world. The world not being dead to you is the definition of being worldly. Mm-hmm. Now, again, we have to be in the world. Mm-hmm. The way to be godly is not to go to Pluto, mm-hmm. the form, formerly known as planet Pluto. Mm-hmm. That is not the answer for godliness. The yeah. answer for godliness is to live in the world, but to not be of the world. Yes. It's to be on the ocean, but not the ocean to be in the boat, right? Yes. You follow? Okay. Yes, I'm getting it. Okay, okay. Jamie's awake. I don't know. You're dead to me. Uh, so when we spend our days trying to stay up to date with the latest fashions, with the newest iPhones, <clears throat> the most recent episodes, right? When we spend our time doing these, when we spend our time scrolling or swiping instead mm-hmm. of studying, yep. we spend our money on shiny allures of this life instead of investing in the eternal kingdom of God, which we belong to. We're more concerned with the uh, relevance than righteousness. Mm -hmm. The reason is that we've yet to allow this world to become dead to us. We are focused on this, not on that. Yes. And we, in fact, like this life. Mm -hmm. We adore this world. And for this reason, the world has a hold on us. As Jamie Andrew said, we're carrying around the dead weight of this world, which has been crucified to us, Mm -hmm. even though we're freed in Christ from that weight. And so the even more uncomfortable truth is the underlying problem. Let's talk about the puppy. Mm. You remember there was another story, uh, another you, character in the you story. Threw them. The one I, you threw them. The one I threw. So just like the adorable puppy given to us, we are neglecting that which we should be adoring and that which we should be loving more than what's dead. The puppy. The adorable puppy with the bow. That should be our focus. Yeah. So Paul was not saying that since he was a believer, he really had to force himself not to like or not to think or not to care about Mm -hmm. this world. It was really painful and it was torture and he just, oh, I just got to give it all up. I got to go live in a monastery and wear bonnets and grow a beard and not all of the one all at the same time, but you know, I have to do all these things. If I'm going to be a Christian, if I'm going to crucify the world, I have to be miserable. That is not what Paul's saying. He doesn't say that it was a short change trade-off. It was out of an absolute adoration for Jesus that Paul crucified this world in his life. So then, if we have received the same Jesus, and if the cross has had the same effect on our lives, this is the ugly question that reeks like you're a dead hamster. Mm. Do you lack a love for Jesus in comparison for your love for this world? Mm -hmm. Do you really love that puppy as much as you loved that hamster? Do you really love the things above more than the things below? Mm -hmm. That's really the question that all of our lives boil down to. Personally, corporately, as churches, as Christians, that is the question. Do you desire things below where you are or do you desire things above where he is? Mm -hmm. Is your life all wrapped up in the creation more than the creator? The blessings more than the blesser? Are you holding on tightly that which Christ has crucified in your life and you're refusing to let it go and it's making your life stink. Well, in our lives, humans in general are, you can look back through history and different things that everyone is based on their tradition, what they know. They like to stay with what they know. And so 
the hamster, I think the problem, like in this, um, oh, not alliteration, what's it called? Illustration. Illustration. In this illustration. Sad. That's what it's called. Sad. Sad. <laughs> Sad. And whatever this is. <laughs> like, you know the hamster, so you're, you want to cling to the hamster because it's what you know. You mm -hmm. don't know the puppy. Mm -hmm. And so I think, because um, we're humans and we want to, it's the whole thing we have to live by faith right. and not by sight. Right. Um, a lot of the things above, you can't see. Right. And so we like to cling to the things we know, like sports are tangible. You, right. can, you can see it, you can touch right. it, you can feel it, you can, you can understand the bounds of it. You can't do that with a lot of spiritual things, and that's the reason why we cling to those other things, mm -hmm. because we can gauge it in our human brain. We can understand mm -hmm. it, where the whole point of being a Christian is to live by faith and to not understand it. Mm -hmm. Like, you're supposed to be obviously reading the Bible, and you're supposed to be studying, but you're never going to fully comprehend it because you're not meant to. And so I think that's where we get in this thing of it would be stupid for us to not take the puppy, but the puppy just seems a lot like a lot more work. And do you yeah. know what I mean? And I think that's the reason why we do clean yeah. those things is what we know. Yeah. Well, and, and so back to our sad, um, <laughs> how do you get to, how do you, how did you get to know the hamster in the first place by spending time in it yep. and doing it? Mm -hmm. How will you get to know the puppy yep. by investing time in a mm -hmm. relationship with that puppy? Yep. You'll know where he likes you to scratch and you'll know his favorite kibbles and mm -hmm. you'll know his favorite treats. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so it's the same thing James telling us, like, why do I not have a preference for the things above, but yep. I do have a preference for the things below? Well, it's because you are feeding into your desire for what's below and not feeding yes. into your desires for God. Yep. And and what we're saying here, th these verses, right? Galatians 6 is telling us the facts. This isn't your experience. This isn't this isn't how you feel. That's not what Paul's writing here. Paul's writing as a Christian, these are the facts. Mm -hmm. He's presenting, right, in a court of law, this is the facts of the life of a believer. The world has been crucified, period. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're talking about today. It has been crucified. It's done. Yep. That happened. Mm-hmm. You have now received Jesus. He is yours, period. That has happened. This is what's left to ask ourselves. Are we living like it? Are we clinging to what died yep. and letting go of what's alive? Yep. Are our affections twisted, warped, disturbing? <laughs> that is the question today. Oh, yeah, is I it think ever? today is disturbing. <laughs> <That> is, <laughs> uh, so I'd like to quickly take a look at two ways that we see the world crucified in Paul's life. Mm -hmm. So first off, Paul was freed from the control of this world. This is really important. This is really, really great. So as Paul's arrested, right, we see he's arrested time after time again. And we see that he's mockingly marched before mighty leaders of his day. Mm -hmm. Paul never flinches. We don't see Paul fretting. We don't see him getting nervous. Paul never flinches. Why? Because this world and its entire system, which surrounds him, is dead to him. Mm -hmm. It has no control on him. There's no control of this world upon Paul's life. Why? Because the world that he now belongs to, where his affections now lie, has an ultimate control on him. And so this world had lost control on Paul's life. As Paul becomes shipwrecked, right, on multiple occasions, Paul doesn't look at the sailors. He doesn't rely upon the captain or upon the ship to make it safely ashore. Why? Because those things were dead to Paul. Yep. Those things were not what he relied upon. Those things were nailed to the cross and were left as lifeless in his own life. The captain, the waves, the ship, the cargo had no control over what happened in Paul's life any longer. And so we find that Paul, he, he's, we read that he's trading in his education. He's trading in his prestige. He's trading in his possession. He's trading in his lifestyle. Because in Paul's own words, Paul counted all of that as loss yep. compared to Christ. Or if you would allow me in my twisted metaphor that is sad today. No, oh, no. Paul considered his education and his career, his family, his uh, 
his history, all that Paul had in life that we would count as a gain, Paul counted it as a dead hamster yeah. compared to knowing Jesus, the adorable puppy dog. Mm. And so Paul's years of schooling, right? His smarts were dead to him. They no longer controlled his identity. Paul's reputation, right? He went from Pharisee of Pharisees to slave to the Savior mm -hmm. because this world was a loss compared to knowing Christ. And so mm -hmm. as a result, because Jesus and the life ahead was all that mattered in Paul's life, this world had no control on Paul. Yep. Paul was an uncontrollable man. Do you see that in scripture? Like mm -hmm. as you read it through Paul's mm -hmm. life, he was an uncontrollable man. Why? Because this world had no control upon him. Paul refused to care about, or Paul Paul refused to care about what Christ killed. Mm -hmm. as a mouthful. Mm. Paul refused to care about what Christ killed, and that was the control that this world had over him. Yeah. I think a lot of us feel very controlled mm -hmm. by this world. I have to do this because I live on Earth. Yeah, I have to do this because I live in this society. I have to do this because I live in America. It's just expected. I can't delete my social media accounts. Mm -hmm. It's expected of me. But does this world control you anymore? Mm -hmm. Hasn't the world been crucified to you? So allow the reality and the facts to match up with your experience. Yeah. And so when we find ourselves pouring time, pouring money, pouring efforts into the upholding of this life, we're still being controlled by what Christ has killed. When we worry about the economy, when we fret about the financial stability, we're being controlled by the very systems of this world. Mm -hmm. When we worry about our health, our protection, what will happen to us and our families, we're being controlled by what Christ has set us free from, the cares of this life. Yeah. So I want to ask us first today, what would it look like to walk in true freedom of the control of this world? Where nothing in this life had headway over you and how you live. Do we even believe that's a reality? Like that's even possible? I think it's a, it's, it can be a reality. I think it's the, you have to work hard to get there. Mm -hmm. You have to um, change your whole mindset because it is, if you were walking in true freedom, you wouldn't be worried about talking about Jesus to your coworker, yeah. to your friend, to your schoolmate, whatever. Like you wouldn't worry about, the things that you say and you do offending other people because you're like, okay, well, you're offended. You're offended. Right. That's just, I'm sorry. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, that's just what it is. And so I think, again, we just put so much, um, we put so much uh, stock into others and we put it into the things that we've already known. The things that, like, um, actually, I was just uh, reading something that said something about, um, it's so hard when you're talking about, because Christianity is not just an American thing. Christianity is Christianity. And so it's the whole thing of, well, I, it is that prideful, I am, I deserve this because I have rights mm -hmm. in America. I have rights to do this. And I'm not saying the rights are wrong, but I think we place our hope and our trust in the rights more than we do in Jesus yeah. himself. And yeah. so that's the thing, your true freedom, you wouldn't worry about if someone's being mean to you because of your right. Yeah. You would just be, well, this is what I need to do because this is what Jesus told me to do. Yeah, yeah definitely. Mm. I don't know. She's dead. You make me talk about my hamster. I just, I just that took all of it. That's, all that's I what had. you said last time. The little bit that she had. She had there. The open face sandwich. So <laughs> what if the world were crucified in our lives? And what if nothing that takes place could ever shake us or make us waver? Because we've given control to the one who's greater. And that's what James is saying is mm -hmm. that it's not that we don't live here. It's that the thing that happened, the things that happen here mm -hmm are a lesser thing than what has true control in our life. And that is 
Christ yep. and the world beyond uh, the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. It's funny because I think if you asked any Christian, if I asked Rachel, who won't say two words, Rachel, who won't say two words, which has more control ultimately, which is more sovereign, the kingdom of God or this world? What would you say? Kingdom of God. Good answer. And I think most Christians would say what is. What is the kingdom of God? Uh, I think most Christians would say that. I think most Christians would say, yeah, God's got more control. Yeah, God's more sovereign. Mm -hmm. Yeah, God, the kingdom of God is greater. And yet we live as if this world has control. And so what was Paul saying? Even if this boat wrecks, even Mm -hmm. if this king arrests me, there's a greater power at work here. The kingdom of God, Mm -hmm. Christ, who I belong to, is really in control of that king. Mm -hmm. That's what the Bible teaches. And so we see that because the world was crucified, first and foremost, uh, this world had no control upon Paul's lives. But then we find that Paul was also freed from the cravings of this life. We might look at Paul's day and think, Pfft. there was a T on the end of that. Was there? Pfft. Like rent. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, Let's hear yours. Pfft. Pfft. I feel like we're about to start a really bad rap song. <laughs> so we can, think, we can look at Paul's day and, and think, I could walk away from that. Like they don't even have indoor plumbing, right? I could walk away from that. What appeal could they have in the ancient mm-hmm. days anyhow? And yeah, the truth is that Paul lived at one of the most fascinating times really in all of history. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul would have watched the peak of human capability through through art and science and philosophy, right? Paul would have witnessed the construction of some of the most magnificent architecture and sculptures and mm-hmm. masterpieces that this world's ever known. In fact, uh, even today, millions of people flock to the places that Paul had walked. I've been to some of them. Mm-hmm. Why do they go there? To see the things that Paul would have seen. Yep, That's what we spent all this time on. And so just to see this magnificence and this beauty of that was created. And yet to Paul, all of this was dead. Yeah. All of it was dead. Paul turned his back. He neglected. He refused to recognize any appeal of this world in his life. And so because of the superior satisfaction found in Jesus, the cravings of this world had been crucified to Paul. Mm-hmm. He was no longer pulled towards this world. And so it's for this very reason that we find Paul admitting that whatever state he's in, whether he's up in a high place or a low place, whether he's alone or in a crowd, whether he's hungry or full, whether he's cold or warm, whether he's homeless or housed, Paul states, no matter what, I'm content. I'm good with what I've got. Why? Because the cravings of this world have been crucified in my life. Do we realize That satisfaction should be a marker in the life of a believer. Mm -hmm. Satisfaction in Jesus should be the stamp of approval, the state of authenticity upon our lives. Mm -hmm. And yet I look at so many Christians and there's no satisfaction in Jesus. And so in John 4, Jesus tells the woman at the well, so familiar, he tells her that those who come to him will be satisfied. They will Mm -hmm. thirst no more. Jesus goes on in the next few verses to tell the disciples that he has bread which satisfies and will never leave them hungering again. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus gives the Beatitudes, which start, uh, which states that those who are hungry and those who thirst after righteousness will be filled, meaning they're not looking anymore. Satisfaction, a fullness which leaves you spiritually stuffed like a hamster with curtains, uh, <laughs> which leaves you no longer looking should be the mark upon your life. Yeah. I should be able to look at Jamie's life and say, you know what? She's got Jesus. I don't see her looking for anything. Yeah. 
I look at Rachel's life and I know she's got Jesus. And you know what? She doesn't even want that. Or she doesn't even care if this happens. She's she's content. Yep. She's not craving in the world anymore. And yet, I don't know that I know any Christians that way. Yeah. Should that alarm us? Yes. And so if you need anything in this life in order to maintain your joy, if you need anything in this life to maintain your satisfaction, then you are lacking a contentment mm-hmm. in Christ. You're still craving yep. this world. And so if you need anything in this life in order to maintain your containment, you lack satisfaction of Christ. If we lack satisfaction in our Savior, it is a sure tell sign that we are holding on to what has been crucified by Christ, and that's this world. We're holding on to what's been made dead and what we should have let go of. And so the truth is satisfaction outside of Jesus is a myth. Mm -hmm. Say that again. Satisfaction outside of Jesus is a myth. Myth. Solomon put that to bed. The wisest man who's ever lived, the richest man who's ever lived. He said, all of life is vanity. In other words, there is no satisfaction to be found in this world. And so anything outside of Jesus will not give your life satisfaction, no matter how hard you try. It's a lie which has been peddled into this world all the way back to creation, right? Yep. The serpent comes to Eve. To even Comes to <laughs> Eve. <laughs> Eve. It's like, <laughs> It's you, you Eden and Eden, yeah. The servant comes to Eve and attempted to persuade her that she can find a fix for her cravings if she would just partake of this world, just partake of the fruit. And though thousands of years have gone by and generations have gone by, we are still falling for the same trap today. Yep. You know, you work with youth, you have kids, we work in a youth camp. <laughs> there are so many youth and so many parents mm-hmm. who they're like, you know what, I need the sports. Yep. I need them to go to get that good that good career, that good education. Mm-hmm. I need that house. I need those clothes. I need to I need to participate in the worldly functions. Yep. It's a trap. Yeah. It's a trap. It's the same fruit that Satan has been peddling since literally the beginning of time. Trying to find your satisfaction mm-hmm. in this world, just eat that fruit and you'll be happy. Just eat that fruit and you'll find what you need. What if all the fruit, what if all the shiny things of this world were dead to us? Mm -hmm. What if Satan could no longer use the age-old tricks to allure us any longer? What if we once and for all said to this world, you're dead to me? When you said that it's a trap in all the things. Star Wars. No, I was thinking of uh, every episode of Scooby-Doo and they're always like, it's this huge monster. It's a bad thing. Yeah, and then they always, it's always like some random dude. Yeah. It's always going to be that you don't have Jesus. It's always yeah. going to be that. So like, that's like, we're so surprised every single time. We're like, really oh wait, is, yeah. it's because I don't have Jesus. Like it's every time. It's like a renewing every day. It's, like, it's funny because I think me and you were talking about CJ and we were saying like, like we hate those shows that are just like <laughs> every plot is the same in every episode. It's just like, you can guess what, that was Scooby-Doo, right? He was like the yeah. epitome. Yeah. You know every episode's going to end with some guy getting a, a mask taken off. And we would have gotten away with it too if it weren't for you rascally kids. Mm-hmm. And so, but the funny thing is in our spiritual lives, that is so us. Yeah. Like every episode's the same. We're every goldfish. week I fall into the same trap. Every We really are spiritual goldfish. Yeah, we're spiritual goldfish. Which is fair. We get around the bowl and then we're like, Whoa. Whoa. Shiny thing, shiny thing, shiny thing. <laughs> this uh, is all new. <laughs> and, and then we fall for it again. And then we're like, oh, Lord, I'm so sorry. I should have. What if we got off that crazy train? What yeah. if we decided this world is dead to me? I'm not falling for it anymore. Yep. yep. So 
Today's song of the week, that's not what it's called. It's the considerable content. Considerable content. Featured content. Today is brought to you by the letter H for the poor hamster. Goodness gracious. Oh, uh, for open Today's sandwich. featured content. <laughs> that's my favorite line today. Yeah, that's something I'll never forget. I'm scarred. Uh, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus by Shane and Shane, which I'm pretty sure I've featured like five times already, it's but that's fine. okay. Today's considerable quotes by Spurgey, and he says, if you profess to be a Christian, yet find full satisfaction in worldly pleasures and pursuits, your profession is false. Mm-hmm. Ooh, Spurgey wouldn't have been popular on this <laughs> on this podcast <laughs> in this in our in our day. Like he wouldn't have been popular today. But I think every good. time you quote him, you should wear the shirt. Yes, I got yeah yeah. I've got a couple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, anyhow, this has been something. <laughs> this has been something. This is good. Please come back next if week. You like I- dead hamsters and open face sandwiches <laughs> and. <laughs> I hope that is a very low population. <laughs> it's like the, the song. Do we have a song for you? <laughs> tales. That was way too high. <laughs> That's how they do it. Yeah, but let's hear yours. No. Oh, come on. Together. I'm not a cute I think you owe it. You're close. I think you owe it to our I'm audience. Since you said tomato. nothing, you get to sing us out with VeggieTales. Broccoli, <laughs> celery, gotta be open oh, sandwich. <laughs> oh, you ruined a beautiful thing. Was it? Was it beautiful? No, it was not, folks. Please end this podcast now. If it's still playing, push end. The stop button is on your right. Come Just help stop us. it. Come help us. Call the squad. Save yourselves. Till next week. Bye. Bye.